Hey everybody, I'm Drew Martin, and this is the Mobility Minute Podcast. Mobility is sometimes hard to define, and this show is a platform for forward-thinking individuals who understand the importance of mobility in relation to recovery. Today, we speak with Dr. Michael Damari, a manager of rehabilitation services at Geisinger Wyoming Valley Medical Center in Pennsylvania. He is joined by Dr. Lauren Murphy, who oversees nursing quality improvement at the hospital. What first caught my eye about the work that this hospital was putting in to improve their patient mobility outcomes was the manner in which they were able to gamify and encourage competition among caregivers to execute mobility. Since implementing their Golden Sneaker program in the ICU in 2016, it has since evolved into a housewide initiative to seek improvement and better patient outcomes. I think their example gives a good representation of the buy-in and commitment it takes to successfully collaborate among all disciplines, from nursing to physical therapy, as well as quality and hospital leadership. We also dive into the impacts that the pandemic has had on their mobility program and how they've adapted to ensure mobility is still a priority. Now that you have some background on these two, let's get to our conversation. Hi, Lauren. Hi, Michael. Thanks for joining us today. Let's uh, let's hop into our first question here. Can you let our listeners know uh, a little bit about your mobility program at Geisinger and how you knew that there was an opportunity to improve patient mobility prior to implementing the program? So we've been working on mobility for a couple of years now at Geisinger Wyoming Valley. Uh, going back to 2017, we had really noticed that Many of our patients that were coming into the hospital from a home setting were not up and moving efficiently enough in the hospital. That resulted in them going to some type of post-acute care facility when they were leaving the hospital. That was something that we did not want to continue, and we wanted to you know, address at that time, knowing that mobility was the prime reason as to why those patients were not returning home. And just from a, a visual standpoint, walking in the hospital, going to the floors, we oftentimes found many patients were in bed or um, not out of bed in a chair. There was a lot of patients that were up and moving with therapy, but we knew there was an opportunity to get a multidisciplinary approach in uh, to get those patients moving a little bit more. And we also felt that this was an obligation for us because one of our strategic priorities as a system is managing total health. So this fits perfectly into that category. And then what do we do next from there? We recognize there's an issue. So we turn to the literature to see if there's any support that we can get from uh, any of the data that's out there and relevant. So number of studies out there. Um, not surprised to hear that loss of mobility in the hospital occurs and how quickly that happens. And what does it do? It increases length of stay, increases uh, patients' falls, makes them um, decline in their daily living when they would be at home. So from the literature is where we kind of helped to support these changes in practice. Definitely focused on a multidisciplinary uh, interprofessional team to help move this forward, not just one discipline. From my understanding that your, your program really started in the ICU and has since evolved to um, almost every unit, it seems like, um, in the hospital, when, when did you realize that there was an impact um, being done, and then when did you decide to kind of take it housewide? So we started our mobility program in February of 2016, 
our ICU director, Dr. Alvin Sharma, and myself collaborated to try to increase the mobility, particularly of our patients in the ICU setting who were under mechanical ventilation. We had looked at our data internally and realized that only 2% of our patients were awake, alert, and active enough to participate in therapy sessions. And uh, we really created a, a process in the ICU that, again, was multidisciplinary. In that unit, it was, it was really centered on reducing the use of uh, medications that cause the patient to be sedated and establishing a process and a protocol to identify patients who are appropriate to move. And as I said earlier in the podcast, we looked in 2017 into the, the hospital and we really recognized that our patients in our ICU had a clear process. They were moving. Um, we were working as a multidisciplinary team and it was time to bring it to the rest of the hospital because if we could do it in the ICU setting where it is more difficult and where we have patients that are more critical than the floors, we should be able to work collaboratively together to make it occur in the med surge setting. So moving it to the med surge side, uh, we were seeing a higher than normal or above benchmark number of falls that were happening. So patients were being mobilized early in ICU and then moving to med surge and it wasn't happening as um, as well as it was in ICU. So then patients again are getting weaker and subsequently falling, which we needed to correct immediately. That totally makes sense. And and how did you, I guess, judge whether there was a loss of mobility after they've left the ICU and, and went to step down or went to med surge? What, how did you kind of gauge um, whether that was occurring or not? That was uh, very easy. Our patients were telling us, you know, so we literally had patients that were in our ICU, were up moving, accustomed to moving, and we're going to the floors and we're, you know, less mobile. Um, also, you know, in the ICU, we had recognized the effect of mobility because we had seen our um, observed to expected ICU um, time on event go down after we implemented our mobility program. So patients were getting off a ventilator sooner as they were moving more. So we knew that from the patient's standpoint, they were telling us that they weren't moving. We knew that it was working well in ICU, and we knew there was an opportunity to expand it to the floor. Right. We weren't seeing those patients moving like we'd like to see them in the hallways. Right, right, right. That's fantastic. So how did you approach establishing the gaps prior to implementation? Um, And what were some of the key drivers that kickstarted the Golden Sneaker Program? So we looked at it from a quality perspective. We would uh, kind of have a friendly competition between units, how well we perform in a number of things, pressure injuries, central line infections, catheter-associated urinary tract infections. But uh, with that, we wanted to build in a little friendly competition between units when it came to mobility. Yeah, and we had, um, I think, a unique opportunity because we had implemented the Johns Hopkins model of mobility documentation, which was the AMPAC, which came from the Boston University, and the Johns Hopkins highest level of mobility, which Johns Hopkins established. And we entered that into our electronic medical record. And when we built it, we built the flow sheet row so that it was shared between the nursing team and the therapy team so that there was not a single group that was responsible for the mobility. However, it was a shared focus. And surely anyone can document mobility within the electronic medical record. So as we had been working on mobility for a couple of years, I, I think it was time for us to you know, invigorate the efforts a little bit more, create some something that was more fun, and to create just some friendly competition, as Lauren had already alluded to. And we were able to leverage our um, electronic medical record to pull a row that had specifically documented the distance a patient walked, and we were able to identify which unit had the greatest average distance ambulated on any given month, 
and we award them with a sneaker, trophy, we give them a banner. They usually get some type of food, brownies, everybody always loves some sweets, and they kind of get the bragging rights in the hospital for the month because it stays on their unit to be displayed. Sure, sure. Yeah, and that's got to be impactful, right, to see those mobility scores and standings right in front of you and all of your competition. Uh, That's awesome. So how did you encourage collaboration and communication for all this among all disciplines? We had created a mobility dashboard. So earlier I had referenced the mobility tools that we use. So we created a dashboard that was a, a system dashboard which, e- with, which each platform can access for their specific units. And what we were looking for in that dashboard was the number of times mobility was documented on any given day for each patient. And we had set a goal that each patient would be moving at least three times a day. And we saw in that dashboard from when we created it very early on in 2018 that our numbers have trended upward as our program has matured. So we have more patients that are being documented as walking uh, multiple times a day. And subsequently, we have seen a rather dramatic increase in the number of patients that are able to return back to their homes after coming into their hospital. And we have not seen any kind of effect on patients being readmitted back to the hospital. So we feel as though that the the communication between the multidisciplinary team, the focus on mobility, the patients not declining with their physical function when they're in the hospital, allows them to return to their previous living condition when their medical condition has been stabilized from what brought them into the hospital. And from a nursing perspective, the culture had to change a little bit. We needed to get away from the fact that if the patient had a therapy consult, that therapy is the only one that moves them or ambulates them. It has to be a shared responsibility. So therefore, that's why this um, flow sheet and dashboard was built to look at everybody, everybody who's moving the patients and not even just nurses. In particular, it was nursing assistants and giving them a little bit of um, empowerment to move our patients and take credit for it in the documentation. So we did see subsequently over time that we've decreased our fall rate uh, with a heavy focus on mobility and the same thing with a reduction in pressure injuries of our patients as well. And the last thing is we, with our sneaker competition and our golden sneaker award, we look at the total number of feet documented by our care team. And as a team, we usually set a goal for each month. We've been able to attain over a million feet documented in many of our months. The highest we had ever had was 1.5 million. And we continue just to look at that internally to kind of drive us to make sure that we're hitting that mark each and every month with our patients. And we're seeing our patients moving or we're seeing staff engaged. So that's what that's what our goal is. Right. Yeah. And you, you, you see all of these things going on in the hospital, um, but being able to have metrics around and knowing that you walked over a million feet, that's that's fantastic. And those hospital acquired metrics can really tell a story. Um, and a lot of them can be directly related back or attributed to immobility and deconditioning. What are some of the unorthodox ways in which you encouraged your staff to keep up with this mobility? I think with the, well, obviously the trophy and the banner that kind of travels throughout the hospital, uh, just some fun things that the units have done is they added some memorable mementos to the actual trophy itself. So it's, you know, has been here. Um, and it just, you know, makes, like we, we talked about the friendly competition, but now it's, you know, some maybe a little bit of a rivalry. Who's going to get it next? Because it's it's been happening for quite some time. And now we're seeing some units um, get it a second and third time. So uh, it's enjoyable to see that. And then when it's taken away from one area, they want it back. 
Yeah, and I think we've had tremendous engagement from our, our nursing leaders uh, on the floors and our collaboration between the therapists and the nurses continu- has continued to grow over the years. So looking at this on a monthly basis, when we started to talk about our different metrics, anytime there's a little trend down, we're trying to evaluate why did that occur? Was there something that changed that month that caused this dip to occur in our, our measures? And then it's just bringing it back to the team, making them more aware of it, uh, maybe identifying that on a huddle board, in their daily huddles, in different department meetings. And we've been able to see you know, quick improvement when we've had a little bit of a dip because we have a standardized approach with you know, some key measures that we look at on each month. So we're able to quickly identify when there's an opportunity for improvement in any of those metrics. Yeah, and you two seem to be the champions for this from both a PT and a nursing leadership uh, standpoint. Outside of those disciplines, how did you get buy-in from other stakeholders in this throughout the entire hospital? I think the most influential thing that we've done is we very early on created a progressive mobility forum. And that forum consisted of a true multidisciplinary team, starting from the very top. So our administration was involved. Our um, chief administrative officer, our chief medical officer, our chief nursing officer have been involved in that forum from the very beginning. And I truly believe that having that level of support from administration really set the tone for all of the entire team to understand that this was a an important task to take on and that it wasn't being taken on individually, but you had the, the true support of the entire system. Um, also in that forum, we have nursing leaders, we have therapy leadership, we have other physician leadership, um, case management. So it really became a task that everyone was um, empowered to discuss, to own. And when we continue to work together in teams and we have our different meetings throughout the course of the day, it stopped being just the therapist that was speaking about mobility. So the physician started speaking about it. The nurses started speaking about it. Our administration, again, would speak about it in large platforms. So it, it became something that I think we all um, knew needed to happen. And then we all became very proud of that it was occurring um, very well. I think traditionally mobility is thought about as a physical therapy task solely. And people kind of groan when the physical therapist comes to the floor and asks why things are not um, going as we would want them to. So breaking that down and creating the, the shared ownership across all members of the team was really crucial in the success. Mm-hmm. I would agree. Um, just as Mike said, communication obviously is key in this. And the development of the Progressive Mobility Forum had all those key players in it. But then we took it to the next level, too, and worked uh, with our shared governance representatives for nursing. So we talked about it within a specific council of nursing services, quality performance improvement. So this is a job that we all need to be a part of, but gave them a voice, too. And, you know, what are the barriers that you're experiencing on your individual units? How do we overcome that from that nursing side, too? And that's the hard part, right, is getting that sense of importance and priority uh, felt throughout the whole building. Now, I would be remiss if I didn't ask about the major shift we've seen in healthcare over the past year or so. How has the pandemic impacted this relatively new program for you? And what have you done to overcome some of the challenges that it's presented? So I think initially when the pandemic started in March of 2020, Across the system, we were all very concerned about the conservation of PPE and only allowing certain individuals in the room who were vital because we truly did not know how much of it we we would have. So for us, we did not involve therapy in patients who were COVID positive the first two weeks that we had seen our surge, and we very quickly saw a negative impact 
uh, from not involving the therapist in there and kind of losing track of mobility. So we quickly changed that uh, scenario. The therapist got involved as soon as the patient was medically appropriate. We continued to focus on mobility. I think we've created some challenges with mobility just because of the way that the patients are placed in airborne precautions and they're not able to come out of their rooms. But we continue to focus on it. We continue to work on it. We continue to ensure that it's occurring on a daily basis. We did pause our golden sneaker uh, trophy during the first couple of the months of the pandemic because of just the the massive change that occurred within the hospital with the the canceling of surgeries and, and the different type of things that were happening. And then we very quickly uh, pick that right back up because we know it continues to be important. And today we continue just to you know, discuss mobility on each and every patient and we continue to make it a priority regardless of the setting they're in, regardless of their diagnosis. And we continue just to monitor our metrics, set goals and work collaboratively together to attain them. Mm-hmm. And Mike is right, we had a concern about Uh, the reserve of PPE that we had and we quickly learned that there was ample supply for us to be able to to utilize and even if it's just a matter of tailoring care to ensure that those even if we couldn't go into those rooms uh, as much as we like to tailoring the care so that we ensure the patients at least out of bed for every meal and that they're up walking ambulating back to and from the bathroom ambulating around the room however we can get them to move uh, and take credit for for their care. Thank you guys for your time today. Um, like I said, we was going to keep this nice and short, uh, but really appreciate your insight on how you've been able to get this program jump started and being able to implement it and effectively communicate with your staff and, and really implement a culture of mobility. So I thank you for the work you guys have done. Thanks for the opportunity to come onto the podcast and share our story. Yes, thank you very much. The Mobility Minute Podcast, brought to you by Recovery Force Health.